Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the My Fancy Zamboni. We've had a week off, but we are back with a full roster. Um, so we are joined by Mr. Ga- Ooh, can't even speak. Mr. Gareth Thornton himself, the Toothless Wonder. How are we doing, Gareth? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, it's nearly the weekend, mate. It's payday and um, it is our fundraising race night tomorrow. So chance to have a few bevies. I'm very good. <laughs> um, Dave, hello, sir. How are we? You looking very happy there? Sir, bloody hell. You all right, mate? You feeling well? I just thought I'd be polite. He's after something. That must be. I'm very well, thank you. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'll, re- I'll repay the compliment. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> This is, too, this is too formal, I'm not liking it. It's gonna I go know, so, yeah, shall we dumb it down a bit? Andy, how are we doing, Tom? <laughs> I'm about too bad, cheers, bud. Good, 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 good. Right, well, um, two weeks of hockey to cover. Uh, I think the majority of our highlights and uh, discussions are all about this week. Um, so something about our memories, I think, of, of uh, the last couple of weeks of hockey. But, uh, but yeah, the Steelers beat the Giants 5-0 on the free sports game yesterday. Um, a 50-50 split between the team on that one and a 50-50 split between the polls on Facebook and Twitter as well. So that, that was quite interesting. Um, the, the Giants got a four-point weekend against the Devils. The Devils managed to scrape a point in overtime on the Saturday. Uh, and Manchester beat the Blaze in the Challenge Cup to go through the next round in uh, what can only be described as a disappointingly attended game. Um <laughs> Yeah, well. <laughs> I think there's much more to say about that. I, I, I saw the stats Sorry. and it said like the attendance was like 1,200. I was like, the, the attendance is 1,200 if you count the burgers that everybody's bought from Crosby's as well. But like, uh, so that was never a 1,200 attendance. <laughs> no, you're not wrong there. Apparently, they were all sat as seats. They were all sat in IKEA. This is Romeo done. Oh, I am Romeo done. Oh dear. <laughs> and we haven't even started the podcast yet. This is going to be a long one. We haven't even started. We have started it at least. <laughs> Just crept into it. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um. I'll, I'll throw it over to you guys before it declines any quicker at the beginning of the podcast. Um, what were your highlights for the week? Uh, so my highlights over two weeks. Um, I'm going to talk about one particular shutout. If ever a guy's deserved one, it is Duba himself in Sheffield. Um, but not only was it a, a shutout, which always, always, we all want shutouts, it was actually a record-breaking one in Sheffield in terms of the most saves ever made to get the shutout. He made 49 saves. Um we, uh, Robert Newball, I think the guy who's got all the stats from Sheffield games from day one to now, and he confirmed it's the record-breaking one. So oh, that's my highlight. And for me, I don't know, obviously um, Andy and Joe with the game, I think Griffey watching it on free sport, it was a good performance from him. He didn't, we weren't tested, but when he were, excelled, clinical, made some good, you know, comfortable saves in making sure he, he secured that shutout. He's been close a couple of times. And it was just good to see him cross the line, get that shot out. Well done, uh, Mr. Duba. Yeah, a couple of times that it's not gone his way as well. It's it's, it's a couple of times been like a an unlucky bounce or you know one where he's managed to make a good first save and not being able to keep the rebound close enough or you know, something like that. So it's good to see. It, it says something for a goalie to get man of the match 
in a in a five nil game. I mean, the, the score. I mean, to be fair, Belfast did have some decent possession in our zone, and, and Duba made some good saves. That combined, to be fair, with two flangers off the post. Um, I think early doors when we were two nil up. I think the Giants. Oh, was it? Was it? Might even be one nil up. The Giants had a shot on the back door, open net, hit the post. It rebounded out to our guys, and we broke down and scored the other way. And then obviously towards the end, there was the um, the penalty shot given away by Miko Kuka, um, and they clanked that off the post as well. I think it was Kuka. I thought it was Brocklehurst. Either way, it was. It could have been, oh, it could have been Brocklehurst. Yeah. Either way, the, the penalty shot that was given. Um, Clamped it off the post there as well. So a bit of put luck as well for, for Sheffield, but Duba made some fantastic saves in that game. And I think when you when you have, you know, I think did Armstrong score two and De, and Deluca score two, something along those lines. Deluca two, Armstrong two, um, Sandstrom one. An all yeah. around, in fairness, an all around good performance. Solid sixty minutes from the Steelers. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, other highlights. See, for me, um. I'm going to go down the, the goaltender route as well, because obviously goaltenders need more love. You know it. Of course. But this one, it's Adam Morrison, who did a a beautiful save stopping Raymond Grohl from scoring. Storm broke in. I think it was like three on one. Passed to the back door. Grohl had all the net to go for, and Adam Morrison went, no, thank you. The, the shop's closed. It was a pretty decent save. You could see on Gruel's face after he, after he saved that he was like a few expletives there. And then looking a bit like that should have really gone in. What on earth just happened? But I thought it was a pretty decent save. Not really much I could say on it. I'm going to change mine uh, last minute because it, it was going to be Sandstrom, but I thought, you know, it, it's quite a Steelers-orientated sort of uh, highlight. So I, I thought I'd go with Danik Gautier uh, from the Fireflies for his another end-to-end solo goal, which uh, has been quite a lot this season, more than I've, I've ever seen before. Uh, but, but again, you get one already as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got two this season. End to end, just went around four Glasgow players. Uh, you could see uh, Killeen trying to go for the whole uh, whole will, whole whole body windmill desperation save, uh, but he, he just slot, he just found that gap and he just slotted it in. So very very nice goal from from Gautier. It looks like Killeen had got it at first as well, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I I have to say in that week that goal was for me that goal was better than the goal that made it to number one. Yeah, me too. I just it's just sometimes you watch that. We'll come back to the plays and the set the skates of a week in a bit, but sometimes I just watch it and think that that was better. I don't understand what part of that. that was that was number one any day of the week for me. Um with the Morrison save, to be fair, I mean the Kevin Carr save was very similar against Sheffield. And me and Dave had this discussion yesterday at the game. Um one deciding factor said so there's one thing that went in the way of Morrison for that save to make the argument that the save was better than Carr's save is that Morrison managed to keep hold of the puck. He shut it down, he caught it in his glove and shut the play down. But you look at the positioning of where Morrison was in comparison to where Carr was, the distance that Carr came back to make the save 
for the first save of the week last week was just, it was unreal. Uh, and in such a close-knit game as well. I mean, watching that there, your, your heart was in your mouth watching that save. I, I, as soon as I saw that save, I, I think we all looked at each other and said, that's going to be one of the top two at least. Um, but yeah, some, some good plays. Mine this week, um, to bring it back to Sheffield, and apologies, um, I don't usually go with Sheffield highlights, but um, always good to see a big D-man scoring. Um, always good to see that D-man being the one that's just had his contract extended. Um Marek Tronczynski, what a player he's been for the Steelers and what a player he's been since he's re-signed and, or, should I say, extended his contract. Um, a great goal against Coventry. Um, slips it through the legs of the defender with a nice toe drag and then just slots it near side post against um, Phillips. So a really, really nice goal there. That's, uh, that was my highlight. Um, the next thing that we have on the list is, of course, the airport section. Um, six changes I think to discuss this week and to be fair 50% of that goes the way of the Belfast Giants and that is before a 5 little loss so um, don't know whether we'll see any more changes in Belfast but um, we'll throw it over to Dave to begin with because there are two people that left um, the Teal Army shop today. Yes indeed they did Joe um, sorry sorry coughing um, yeah they released um, Jean Dupree and Jesse Forberg I, you look at the stats. Now, Jesse Forberg, not as surprising in respect of um, a college career with only eight games in the East Coast League as anything of uh, um, pro experience. So it's, yeah, and he was um, one plus four in six games, so they hoped a bit more from him. Um, but I suppose the more disappointing of the two was you know John Dupree um, with his AHL experience only one one plus two in 14 games Belfast not having the start that they'd hoped for not being dominating in terms of running away with the league and Keys making the changes now for me there's two things um, to bear in mind with this one it's I think it's positive for Adam Keith in respect of he's not happy, make the changes. And it's you know he's, he's told his players, I don't care if you've done well in the CHL. If you're not going to do well in the league, that's our bread and butter, you're going. Um, so in that respect, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a positive move from Adam Keith. But, but also to bear in mind for me, it's making changes in a league campaign so far that no one is running away with. You look at it in this respect. Belfast, over the past few weeks, right? Belfast have beat Cardiff. Cardiff will beat Sheffield. Sheffield who beat Nottingham. Uh, Nottingham who beat Belfast. It's that circle. No one's going away with the league. You then throw in Glasgow and Guildford into the mix. The league is so tightly knit. It's kind of... He's seen Sheffield play the card early through injury. This is playing the card from a kid changes and not being happy. So it's, it's bold from him in that respect. Could he have held fire a bit given how tight it is? Possibly. But, you know, it, it's, it's on him to, to make the change. So interesting move by the Giants, uh, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, looking at... So, stats with Jesse Forsberg. 
he looked pretty decent until that game against in the CHL against Liberec, where he got injured. And then since he came back, he didn't look like the same type of player that he was at the start of it. Maybe that's a little bit of an effect. I'm not too sure in regards to that. Hopefully he'll bounce back. And then in regards to Jean Dupree, didn't really play last season. I'm assuming that was probably down to injury. And then comes comes back this season, plays for Belfast. Didn't really do much, really. When you watch him in games, you couldn't really... He wasn't really noticeable. He wasn't making like the big plays. So, with them bringing in a new player, you kind of gathered where Paul was going to go. Yeah, uh, not, not much else I can really say on that. Uh, but one thing I will say on the Jean de P, he's still a very young guy, 25 years old. Uh, and considering that he, he didn't play a lot last season, I think it has affected him. Uh, quite hard to be honest. I mean, the season before that, we, we split between the Toronto Marlies of the AHL and the Orlando Solar Bears of the ECHL. Uh, didn't do too bad in the AHL, but uh, in 33 games with Orlando in, Orlando in the ECHL, 24 points in 33. That's, that's not bad at all. But three points in 14, it's not the greatest. Uh, also got a minus one in that as well. So, yeah, just not playing this season before, I think, has affected him quite a bit. It's a weird one when you look at the stats of every player. I mean, um, as you say, I mean, Dupuy and Forsberg, in terms of the players on the Belfast roster, in league, Forsberg was 12th, um, as you say, 5.6 games. Dupuy was 15, 3 points in 14. They're actually the two lowest scoring forwards other than Kieran Long, who was obviously a Brit as well. Um, so realistically, the first ones to make the cut the one thing that I will say, I mean, Forsberg, 26 years old, out of the youth sports league, some WAHL experience. You can't, I mean, I can't imagine that he's going to have been one of the top earners on that Belfast squad. He's put up the same numbers. Now, not in the same way. So he's put up one plus four. He's put up five points. And five points is the same as the contribution for Liam Redox this year. Um now, Jesse Forsberg's got five points from six games. Liam Redox has got five points from 16. And looking at Redox's CV and where he's played in, in, in hockey so far, I mean, obviously, Backshow Lakers, SHL, CHL champion. The guy's CV, you would think, would put him amongst the top earners in Belfast. I'm I, looking at his stats and stats alone. Now, we don't see Belfast week in, week out. I can't honestly say that whenever we've played Belfast, I've noticed Redox on the ice. I can't honestly say I've gone, oh, wow, yeah, he brings something to the table. Would you... You'd have thought that Redox is going to be a guy that's, 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 that's close to being on the chopping board. If he's putting up five points in 16 games, if we're presuming that he's one of the top earners, which you'd think looking at the teams that he's played for, he would be. Surely he's going to be one of the next guys to be looked at if they're going to be looking to make any more changes. I mean, as I said, that, the thing that stands out to me is, I mean, yeah, Forsberg five points, but he's only played six games. Um, I mean, he, he put up no points in the CHL. 
and he put up no points in the league, in the um, in the Challenge Cup. But he, he only played um, was it three games in the Challenge Cup, something like that. That's, I can't even find him now. Yeah, three games in the Challenge Cup. I mean, uh, to be fair, the guy hasn't really had that many games to prove himself. Um, I'd have thought Redox would have been more on the chopping block just because he's had more games. You've got to expect more from a guy like him as well, surely. I mean, he's more of a playmaker than a goal scorer, but he's not put up the assists either. Is he not on a uni deal with the um, University of Ulster as well? Which would make it a little bit difficult if he is. True. But I agree with you in the, in the context of, with his resume, you expect a bit more from him. So. Yeah. I certainly think, in terms of like point production, you'd expect you'd, you'd say he's at least one of the more disappointing players on that roster. Um, but you never know. As I said, we don't watch him week in, week out. He might be one of those guys that doesn't put the points up, but actually does a decent job. You, you never know. Um, and John Dupuy, to be fair, he, he had more chance to prove himself. So 14 games, three points. Yeah, I think one thing the change has got to be made, and he was their lowest point scoring forward. If you're going to make a change, you're going to look at the lowest point scorers. So I think, and it made it to be an easy decision, as bad as that sounds. Um, Gref, I'm going to throw it over to you. We've got one more change in Belfast, but it's a um, it's an arrival rather than a departure. And then uh, we have uh, an arrival slash returnee of sorts in Manchester. You want to tell us about those two? We have indeed. So for Belfast, they've signed a David Goodwin. Is a sentiment. He's only 27 years old. He's played played in the NCAA for Penn State University for four seasons. Then went to the Sin Liga. Was put some decent points up. So he got like 60, 60 games played, 29 points first season, and then 28 points in 58 games. Started the season with... Mora Ake in at the Alsvenska, up four points in eleven games, and then he's moved over to Belfast. So far, he's played three games in the league and got two points. From what from what you could see on the from the highlights, he actually looks pretty like a, a, a strong sentiment that they're going to need because I think. Possibly this season at the moment, they're struggling without some of the players that they had last season, like your Darcy Murphy and your Colin Shields. Cause it doesn't look like they can get any play going. So this could hopefully jumpstart their season and get them to where they want to be. Yeah, I'd agree in the, in the context of it. So signing that will just give them a jump. And I think given with the guys that have released, they've brought someone in to give them that jump because with a couple of friends from Belfast, we all, when they announced there was a new, like a new signing, it was new defenseman. And when they announced him, it's like straight away, okay, this is one of them. Okay, we'll, we'll put the Camelong's pigeons in terms of, we've already got this kind of player. Someone else is just going to mix things up to try and, you know, get everyone going and, and on a bit of jumping them. So, but yeah, you know, we, couple of years in the in the league with uh, Saipa uh, and and good um you know good stats in that respect so good good NCAA um, point return so he, he, I think he'll do all right I, th- I think he's 
this could be what again, like I said, mentioned it's, all, it's one of them signs going to you know try and kickstart the team. But I also think it's going to be a bit of a, a gem, a bit of a gem in the rough type stuff, um, and a, a good pick up by um, Aaron Keith. I mean, get best leagues in in in, um, well, in the world. To be honest with you, double like going straight to the uh, to Liga. That's a pretty, pretty good thing there. And um, like they said, it's put some really good points there too. Uh, start of the season off this season though in the Australian. I think there's a lot to see from him still. Uh, I mean, two points in three games is is pretty good. So he's obviously uh, blended in well, making an impact in that team and. Um, I think he's, he's going to be a good player for Belfast. Yeah, you guys took the words out of my mouth, to be fair. I mean, put up some points for him already. Say, strong, sentiment, kind of guy that they're going to be wanting on their team. Yeah, six shots on goal against, Bel- against Steelers the other day. 12 shots in total, so putting up 50% in terms of accuracy. Um I'm trying to find his face-off stats because that's one of the things that I like to see about sentiment, but you can't split that down into players, so that's a bit annoying. Um, but no, I, he looks to be a good signing for them. Um, I mean, when you're looking for a, a player that's going to change things, you don't always necessarily look to the guys that are going to put up the goals every game. Um, I mean, to, you look at, the, like, as an example, players that Steelers have brought in, um, Lucas Sandstrom is a guy that's made a big a big difference in terms of the grit in his game and the intensity that he plays. He's not putting up a point per game. He's not putting up a load of goals, but you know he he's doing the job on the ice, whether or not that's putting the puck in the back of the net or whether that's you know making the plays, grinding the players, you know aggravating that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I mean I think if you're looking for a, a spark of life, to be fair, a guy that's had. 118 games in the Liga, uh, playing for Saipa. Uh, certainly not a bad look. Uh, as Gref says, 11 games in the Arsvenskan, four points. Let's see what he brings. Um, difficult stats to read, really. He's only really got three pro leagues in there after the NCAA. Um, 27 years old, though, so I'd be interested to see what he does. Three games under his belt for the Giants already. Two points when you consider the third game was a 5-0 loss. Um, take that out as an anomaly you've got a point per game and, you know if he's finishing the season around a point per game I don't think any Belfast player that you know fans are going to be disappointed so good player to bolster their team I think and for the for the returnee you could say first star you could say yeah uh, Mario Puskaric and we were seeing on the Episode 50 before my internet went off. <laughs> that It was a weird one with him being released, considering he was probably one of our top point scorers at the time. Especially when you looked at players that weren't really putting up the points. But yeah, we've re-signed him. And he's played about a few games now since we re-signed him, and he's actually been putting up the points in each each game. He's actually doing pretty decent. I mean, 15 games, 10 points, 6 goals, 4 assists, and even the, the Challenge Cup is 8 games, 4 points. 
I think he's probably going to be one of our unsung heroes, you could probably say, this season, when you look at how we're playing at the moment. But he's one of those gritty players that will go in the, into the corners and he'll fight for the puck. And when he scores, he celebrates like he he loves playing for the team. Which, What more can you ask for when you're a fan of that club? All your players to be like that. Not to get rid of players like that. Well, yeah, we we don't want to do that. Um, yeah. I suppose that's all I've got to say that one because it was kind of when we mentioned his departure, he weren't the guy that would have gone. Yeah, you'd pick him. So I don't know what's happened. They've obviously found some budget to, to keep him, retain his services. It can only benefit the storm. Nothing much more to say in that respect. I remember us all saying when uh, we heard that Manchester released him, a bad, bad choice of player to release. You know, definitely what one of the top point scorers, 10 points in 15. Very, very good. Uh, the only negative I can see about him is his minus seven. As the season goes on, I can only see that creeping more and more into the plus so, uh, as the season goes. But yeah, uh, I think it's the best issue, best decision that that they've uh, kept him on. Definitely making in, uh, a huge impact on that team. He's, he's helped them win games with some really, really uh, much needed goals. But yeah, like what I've all said, a no-brainer to, to keep on. And one of the best players in Manchester at the right minute. Yeah, definitely. I, I, can't, I just can't work out why there was this whole rigmarole of he's going, he's coming, he's going, he's coming out. The only other thing that I can think is, I mean, it was quite a grey area when he was let go, wasn't it? There was no real reason that was given. He, he was just, he just went. So uh, whether that's also a case of maybe he had a job, a job opportunity away from hockey and then that fell through, you never know. As Dave says, maybe they found the budget somewhere, they decided that they needed him. You, you don't know. We can only speculate. Um, I mean, the key point to focus on really is that it's a good signing for them to bring him back. Um He's their fifth top point scorer this season. 15 games, 10 points, as everybody's said already. Yes, he's minus seven. But then you look at those top players. I mean, Jared Owl in 17 games, 17 points, minus 14. Lane Ulmer, 17 games, 12 points, minus 16. Uh, Tyson Fawcett, 17 games, 11 points, minus 11. They're the top three point scorers for the Storm. And they're all significantly into the minus, minus double figures. So minus seven actually in, in the midst of that isn't too bad going. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I find it bizarre. I just really can't even put my head around um, what's gone on here. But I mean, 20th of November, he played against the the, the Storm um, Blaze game. No, no points. But then he goes against the Flyers, um, a goal and an assist. Then he goes against the Panthers and gets a goal as well. So certainly making a statement. Now he's put Ken back to paper again. Um, yeah, I agree with Andy. I can see, I can see that plus minus going down. I can see his points going up, uh, and a good signing for the storm. Um, so that concludes Greths. So there's two more that we have in the airport section, and I'm going to throw it over to Andy. Uh, there's two in Glasgow, mate. You want to tell us more about those? Yep, two signs for Glasgow, which are pretty much breaking news as they were announced today. Yeah. 
the first one is Scott Jacqueline, who comes from the Pionnier de Chamonix block of the French League, uh, 29 years old, still pretty young. young. Uh, it's his centre and left wing, so can play both positions. Looking at last season, uh, well, well, this season, sorry, with Chamonix, uh, 17 games, 3 points. It's probably not, not the best, uh, a minus 6. I, I think it's a short, short-term sort of, you know, injury cover for the likes of uh, Tansky, War, and Peacock, who cut back for a while due to injury. It, it's a good, it's a good short-term signing. Uh, in the previous with Chamonix, he, he was, he was an assistant captain, 19 points in 36 games, but again, uh, a minus 15. So it, it could be like a, you know, on play like that, but up Stanford to Glasgow, so. I can see it puts put some good points, but also still being in, being in the minus a little bit. But like like I said, for a short term sign, I've got a thing. And the second in Chad Smith, who recently uh, played for five. Uh, he, he, he was just not getting enough ice time in five. Uh, wasn't happy. Sorry, fuck elsewhere. And uh, again, for the injury uh, to Craig Peacock, Glasgow uh, brought in Chad Smith. So, yeah, yeah, brilliant player, 20 years old. Definitely a future GB player. Uh, already with the under 20s at the moment. Uh, he hasn't got any points this season, 16 games, but I think more ice time might get to Glasgow. I think he will put up, put up some points, if, if not at all. So, yeah, they need a Brit to come in, and uh, I think this is a very good. Good sign. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of potential in Chad Smith. Definitely with you. So, so uh, some good signings from uh, Fitzy to bring uh, some injury cover. I'm not gonna lie. I I'm a bit baffled with the Jacqueline sign. I've got to make sure I don't pronounce it Jacqueline. I'm thinking I'm watching Benidorm then. Um, because if I did, their other signing was called Donald. <laughs> it would be brilliant one there. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You look at the rest of you look at the rest of the roster that they put together for Sheldon's. The experience alone doesn't match up to the rest. So he looks the type of it looks like he's probably going to be a, a, a filler for one of a better phrase, a third fourth liner. You know, chip in a few minutes, give the top lines a bit of a breather type signing. You know, it's, it's I'm not. It just doesn't sit with the rest of their signings. But we've seen many players come to the Elite League of that stature. You look at the stats and go, well, he's not going to do anything. And actually turns out to be, you know, end of the season, Elite League All-Star, first line, second line. So, if you look at Sassalone, point to prove. Um, but he's played in Europe, so he understands the European game a bit. So, who knows? Um, the other signing, Chad Smith, like you said, Andy, it's very much, it's, it's Glasgow's gain, Fife's loss. Um and it's becoming a bit of a concurring theme with the Flyers of their young guys from their development system leaving the Flyers because they're not getting ice time. And that's a bit of a worry. I know we're kind of veering away from it. He's going to do a good job in Glasgow, and I think Zach's, Zach's going to look after him, and Zach's going to get the ice time to, to show his potential. But you've got to be worried, because I think this is the second Brit that's left Fife due to no ice time. It's the third one. Third one. Third one. The season before was Thomas Muir. Yeah, Thomas Muir who 
just gave up, gave up half like completely and is now playing rugby. And uh, Reese Cockpock Crane, who joined the Steel Dogs this season. So you go from one extreme to the other um, with Isaac to rugby. But it's again, it's, it's becoming a bit of a theme with, with the management of the Fires that allowing their. Because if one thing you say about Fires is that they're proud of their local heritage and their local involvement with their main team, their senior team, the Flyers, um, from the Cody Kestrels. It just seems that there's something badly amiss where they're now, I think, I've read somewhere it's one of the first times that they haven't had someone from Kikori or from the Kikori junior system involved in their team for many, many years. And a club with the history and tradition of the Flyers, that's, that's a bit of a worry, that. Um, and I think there's, a, you know, many questions may start being needing to be answered by the management of the Flyers in respect of Todd and um, Jeff Hutchins. Yeah, looking on social media, as soon as Chad Smith was announced, a lot of Flyers fans really didn't like it, and they were actually not aiming any, any like abuse at Clan or at Chad. They were aiming it at the Five Flyers account. I think it's well, one, he's signed for a rival team. Two, he's a Brit. He's come through the ranks in Kifada, so. They're definitely not going to like that even more. As a player, he looks... When he got the ice time, he looked a pretty decent player. I mean, I'd have liked him in Manchester. for one, Mainly for one reason. His dad used to play for us back in 96, 97. Back in, like, the, I think it was the first year of the British Ice Hockey like from the Super League. Probably around that year. Mm. Pretty decent. And then for Scott Jacklin, yeah, looking at his stats, he's not the stats that like scream out, yeah, he's a goal scorer or yeah, he's a point. He's going to be a good appointment. He'll be assisting left, right, and centre. The only thing that I actually thought was quite funny on his stats-wise is one of the teams he's played for in the British Columbia Hockey League. I call the Trail Smoke Eaters. Of all teams, of all names to have as a team, I think that's probably up there with the, the Wheeling Nailers. I think if we're talking about good team names, though, we've got to have Claggan, Thurton, Frisk, Asker up there, but, you know, just saying. I just want you to say that one. Yeah. Oh, that's triggered Dave on something. I'm not it quite has. Sure. Carry on, I'll, I'll jump. I, back I'll go. Say, I'll, I'll go. I mean, the thing with Chad Smith he, for me is it just seems a bit of an odd one. Um, I mean, Sheffield, as an example, at the moment have almost a bit of an embarrassment of riches in terms of those British players and the players that they have on the team that then result in the likes of Kieran Brown, Alex Graham, Jordan Griffin. Cole Shudra to an extent not getting that ice time now Sheffield are currently sat second in the league in terms of point percentage if you go on actual points they're top of the league currently with a few games in hand uh, so yeah having played a few more games Fife currently if you look at point percentage are ninth, uh, eighth in the league and are currently seventh in the league with having played a couple more games than like Guildford and Manchester they're in the bottom percentage of the league, the bottom four in the league. 
why are you struggling to play your young players and still failing to put up the results in the league? That's that's the key thing that stands out to me. I mean, yes, Chad Smith, 16 games, no points. He played GB under-20s last year, assistant captain, five games, five points. As you said, 54 games for the Flyers last year, one game, uh, sorry, one one goal. Um, Kakadi Kestrels, two games last year, three points. The kids obviously just sat on the bench every game and not putting, not getting the chance to showcase himself. And and good on Glasgow for giving him the shot. Um, I mean Sheffield have seen it before as again as an example where what happens when you you struggle and when you don't show that willingness to give the players the ice time. Ben Bounds is currently playing in. Cardiff colours because Sheffield didn't give him the opportunity when he, when he was a youngster because Sheffield had whoever they had in goal at the time Jody Lehman or whoever it was you know, they didn't give Ben Bounds the chance and now they're missing out on one of the best goalies in the league Robert Farmer was another player that didn't get the ice time in Sheffield and so went to Nottingham you know you, particularly for a team like Fight, as I say we're sitting in that bottom four in the league currently you should be able to find that time to give the youngsters ice time. Um, and, it, it, you know, as I say, but Glasgow have capitalised on on the deficit of it in five and giving them the ice time. Jacqueline, I agree with you, Dave. It seems a bit, about, a bit out of character. I mean, to be fair, in terms of his points breakdown, ECHL, 143 games, 71 points. That split 31 goals, 40 assists. So, you know, getting close to that kind of 50-50 split, which is quite good to see. Um, we often see the ECHL coming quite close to the to the to the elite league, so 0.5 points per game. It is going to do a job for Glasgow. Um, difficult for a player to come in into a team that's playing so well and try and slot into a role. So as you say, definitely got something to prove. But um, Good on Fitzy for finding injury cover so quick. Um, and I think that can only be a positive for the Glasgow clan, regardless of what players they brought in. Just having those bodies to take the strain off the other players out there is, is, a, is an advantage in itself. Um, so two good signings for them there, I think. Just I found the team, we've about team names. Um, it's a, a Japanese team name, Nippon Paper Cranes. No, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I just saw something click then, mate. You, as soon as I, as soon as you said one of us said something, you just straight away it was like the, pit, the penny had dropped and that was it. You were just you were on. I just couldn't remember the first the first bit. Um, they don't exist, but I just remember. Um, of, I don't know why I keep six in the head, but uh, Steve Munn played either against them or for when he played in Japan. Um, so I'd have to dig a bit deeper on that one. But yeah, that, that's as as it's up there with Fris Hasker for me yeah no I, I can I can definitely see that um, so unless anybody's got anything else to add I believe that's what's done with the airport section yeah I'm getting nods fair play so we move on from the airport section to the bit that you don't necessarily want to talk about in hockey however Dops have been a little bit busy over the last couple of weeks um, it is good if you're supporting Sheffield in the upcoming Steelers Devils fixture because the Devils are currently two players down. Um, however, before we come to that, we'll actually come to one of the Steelers players first, as in chronological order. They would have that was the first um, 
player to receive a ban uh, was number 15 for the uh, for the Steelers, uh, Anthony DeLuca, for a match ban for checking to the head. Who wants to jump in on that one? I, 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 I'll jump in on that one. Um, first of all, I thought it was a, a fair a penalty, even though in respect it was a, a check to the head, because it weren't a targeted um, play. He's Lucas tried changing the line to try and take the player out. He's mistimed it, and he's, he's ended up being a hit to the head. And there's no safe plays that involves a hit to the head no more. So I mean, we've seen more dangerous ones that have been, you know, two, three, four games. I felt that was fine. Um, you know, some people tried um, arguing it was to shoulder, and there was one particular. Um, 50 Seller Sheffield that was doing a lot of head hit so I, I, I have no issue it, it was just bad timing and um, with all hits if you if you if your time is poor you end up in this scenario so I have no issue with that yeah I, I watched it before we start the recording it it just looked pretty mistimed, unfortunately, for DeLuca. I think he's gone in thinking, yeah, I'm going to go shoulder to shoulder and then hopefully come out with a puck. But then at the last second, he's gone, oh, one minute, I'm actually going to hit the head here. And he's, he can't he can pull out of it. One game, I thought, yeah, that was pretty spot on for the hit itself. If it was any worse, it probably would have been more than one game. Especially if he was injured for like... Didn't come back for the entire game, at least. Yeah, just nothing uh, intentional there. Just just very bad timing from Diluca, as as you all said. It looks like uh, Matt Hayward... um, He just looked like he, he, he was cutting more to the left a little bit where he's for positions maybe uh, that was a factor in in the head contact as well uh, just allowed a bit more time for Luke to just raise that elbow up a little bit more what he should have done and he made contact with the head and one game for me is fair uh, there's no intention there at all it was just very bad timing from Luke and hopefully uh, he'll learn from this and work on it again yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing when we talked about the bad discipline of the Steelers. Um, this, to be fair to me, it, it's uh, the right hit in the wrong position. Um, Haywood, to me, and, and I have to admit, when I first saw it, I thought it was shoulder to shoulder, and that stupidly commented on a post on the Orange Army group, I think it was, saying, I think it's shoulder to shoulder. Um, I had actually only glanced at the video at the time, and uh, I watched the video afterwards and swiftly changed my uh, my mind. The thing is, when you watch it at full pace, it's quite it's quite you have to watch really carefully because, as I say, Haywood's shoulder is out, and it actually it looks like at first there's no real reason for the for the head to be the, the principal point of contact. It just looks to me like he's just come in slightly early. He's just mistimed his hit, and if you watch it particularly on the frame-by-frame frame breakdown on, on the Dots video, which I didn't get to in the first instance of watching it, 
on the frame by frame, you can see that he clearly misses the shoulder and then you see the head whip back. You can see that he's obviously made contact with the chin then and the side of the head. I, I don't really have an issue with it. I don't think there was any intention. I think I think actually in this instance, category one careless is probably the right call. Um, not something you'll hear me say too often. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say. It's not normally DeLuca's game. Yes, he plays a bit of a rink rat, but to be fair, um, the guy who plays with energy from the start to the finish of every shift, and I, I think that's more of what it is. Um, you can see him fighting desperately for that puck, and I think he's just gone for the hit. He's just mistimed a hit, and it's just it's just something to learn from moving forward. Uh, the second ban uh, was handed out to Masi Mariamaki. Uh, it was one that was given out on the Saturday night slash Sunday morning, um, just gone, ahead of the second game with the uh, the Giants-Devils fixtures. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this one, to be fair. Um, Mariamaki uh, is given too much ban for slew-footing against Kevin Rain. Um, category too reckless, I think, for a start. I don't think any of us are going to disagree with that. Um, a daft slew foot, really, really daft slew foot. Do I think there was any intent for injury? Probably not. But the positioning on the play, it, it, you just, it, it's too dangerous. It, that, that's the thing. In the words of David Phillips, it might have been dangerous. It is it, just too dangerous. Like, you see Kevin Rain go sideways into the boards after the impact, and you just think that he could have, again, it, it could have been so much worse. Um, too much ban, I, I think he's fair. I've seen people, I, I saw somebody argue and say, I think that's the right call. But then again, why was, was it Brett Ferguson was given was it a match ban for slew footing earlier in the season? And uh, Michael Davies was given a match ban for slew footing earlier in the season. And they said it's inconsistent from DOPS. I think if you watch the incident, you can definitely see a significant difference there. I mean, you know, Davies goes in centre ice, out like widens his stance, goes to move the leg of Gagnon, deemed as a slew foot. Gagnon stays on his feet. I don't think there's any intent to cause injury there. He's, he's not really thought about what he's done and he's skated in. Mario Mackies could have ended very, very badly. If he was even a quarter of a turn further round, he was going head first into the boards. Oh, we could have been talking stretcher off the ring. We could have been talking. We could have been talking a significant injury there. Um, and I think that's whilst they say it isn't the defining factor, it's definitely something that's taken into account. And I think the potential for injury there was was too too high to give that only one game. No, I'd agree. For me though, the the intent was he was wanting to finish the hit, but I don't understand why he didn't finish the hit. Because in all fairness, you know, he may have got a boarding or charging, but the way he went to make the play to then go slew foot just didn't add up. I mean, we were, we was at the game, um, and then when you hear the rumours of five plus game slew foot, you're like, you what? My you, first thought was, you, I you, want to watch that video. <laughs> you never hear it. Exactly. You never hear it. Go, oh, let's have a see of this. And when you see it, it's like, oh, why? It was a dumb play. For me, watching it, I've watched it a couple of times just to make, try and make some sense of it because the play doesn't make sense. Finish the hit, you know, um, and it's, it's put them down by, well, at that point, by one input um, in, a, in a tough weekend of games for him. 
I think in terms of the other Slewfoots, there's more intent in this one yeah. than the other ones. There's, there's intent in the mall in the respect of they've, they've gone out to do the Slewfoot. This one has gone out to Slewfoot to take the person out well and truly. There's not... Probably the wrong word, but the others have been a bit more subtle, a bit more within the play. This has kind of become out and out. This is the play. I'm slow-footing you. I'm not going to finish it. I'm taking you out. So for me, I'm I'm happy that in respect of the severity compared to others, that Dops have given two games instead of one. I think they've they've got it right there. Uh, Fair play to them. Yeah, I think you both... (laughs) Then hit the nail right on the head there. It when you look at when you watch the video, um, even when it slows it down, it's like you can see straight away. It's one of those moments where you go, "It was at this moment he knew he had messed up." <laughs> we'll go all PG. We'll go PG. <laughs> but it it's pretty stupid, really. I mean. It, like like you mentioned, quarter of an inch the other way, and he could have Kevin Rain could have been out for a good while. That, that could have, have maybe career ending if he'd have gone. Could have ended his career. I mean, that would have been well. It's not good anyway. I mean, thankfully Kevin Rain wasn't injured, but that was it was just stupid. Two games, yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. You mentioned with the other ones. The one you did miss out was Jesse Forsberg against Farcells. That one wasn't as intent as the as that one definitely was. I mean, he should have really just pulled out and then gone for the hit. Took a two-minute charge for boarding, or probably two plus ten if he's going to get that for checking from behind, maybe. But Anything other than slew-footing. I mean, especially, I think it was like seven minutes into the first period as well. It was early in the game, yeah. Yeah, it's like you're really putting your team down against a team that your fans want to beat. It's just silly. It was a ridiculous decision. And two games I can live with, but because of the fact that it was, you know, a play towards the boards and and Rain didn't have a quick enough time. They were fighting for the bug towards the boards. I think it should have been three, simply for those reasons. Uh, uh, there's definitely some sort of intent to that fight. Otherwise, it is just finish off, finish off the check, like I've all just, just said. So uh, it should have been three, I think. Uh, uh, to, um, I, I'm not going to complain too much. Is uh, going to keep it? You know, you're going to keep Keep consistent, but yeah, just just very, very, very poor decision making and very, very stupid. That's all I'm gonna say on it. Yeah, certainly not what Cardiff needed. Now talking about what Cardiff needed, what they certainly didn't need was a second player taking a stupid penalty, um, and that is exactly what Sean Bentivoglio did. Uh, who wants to jump on that one? Daft. Just daft. And for once, we're not talking about you, Joe. Um, no, this, this, the whole play was just stupid. Oh, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it reeks of a panic play from Bentivoglio. 
he's, he's realised he's going to get beat, so he's tried clearing the puck. He's tried sweeping the puck out of the way. The problem is, stick's bounced up. It's it's kind of bounced off the stick and gone into the, the head of ex-Giants player who I can't remember got stick in the face. Um, oh, I can't remember who it was. Now, yeah. I, I know... Sorry? Liam Redox. Thank you very much. That was it. It was Liam Redox. So I I think we'll have this this discussion in this bit now. I'm not fussed in respect of one game because for me, it's a panic play. He's tried sweeping. But at the end of the day, you've got to control your stick at all times. You You are responsible for that. Had he gone to hand and tried to sweep him, there's a bit more intent, so which is why I don't think there's it's more than one game. Um, and I suppose you know if, if we're going to really go down, it's a game for stupidity. You know, he's been beaten. If you, you know if you're going to try and sweep, it, it, it's actually something you might as well just took the player out that t- two minutes because the guy's off. He's off. He's off the races. So I, it's yeah, just daft for me is the word. For the, for the whole play from Ben Tobago. I have no issue with the call in terms of the game uh, given by Dops. They've, they've got it down the line on that one. Hey, maybe he's trying to improve his baseball swing if he plays that in the summer. Because it was a a bit of a swing for at least stick with one hand. It was kind of stupid, as, as we've mentioned for previous two as well. It was... Just stupid, really. It's it's gonna it could cost Cardiff now two stupid moves with Mariaki and Bentivolio now missing the Steelers game. That's two imports down against you guys who just beat Belfast five 0 That's not gonna look good for Cardiff fans. They're probably gonna be thinking, oh great. What's going to happen here? We're down two players. You just pretty much pulled down the pants of Belfast on TV. What they're going to they're going to be thinking? What's what's going to be worse now? <laughs> I think they've got it spot on with the category two reckless because it was pretty reckless. Just swinging is well careless. Sorry. It was pretty careless, but I say pretty reckless as well. Because he knew what he was doing when he was swinging his stick, even with one hand. You're supposed to control you have control of your stick all the time. Cause that's going to cause a lot of problems, especially if he if he got in, in the eye. What could have happened then? Might have gone blind, maybe. Could have been in a career ending. This is where I probably might divide opinion. I've I've watched this replay a, a lot of times. I've, I've tried to break it down as much as I can, and I can't from any replay see a bounce of the stick, uh, which would mean that he'd have gone to try for a sweep. There's nothing in that that I can see uh, that it bounced. Which it, it was a straight uh, swing up from what I saw. The stick was on the the edge of his blade is a left-handed player and he just he just swings upward 
no uh, downward swing at the start that I can obviously see with a swing. Uh, for that reason, I, I think one game is a bit of a joke. I, I think there's definitely some some intent there, basically through what I've what I've seen. Um, I, I did not see a bounce at all, no bounce whatsoever. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe Dops have got better software to sort of uh, zoom in and 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 sort of sharpen the picture up a little bit more, but. Yeah, just like I said, there's no bounce there for me. Uh, should have been more. A very, very stupid move. Uh, one that could have been a lot worse. Um, that could have been you know, very, very serious to hit on that. Uh, so just for action alone, I think it should have been worth, worth more. That's what I can say on it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with Andy on this to an extent. I don't mind a one-game ban. I think it could have been two or three, um, just for the potential of injury alone. I think I think his stick deflected off Red Ox's stick, but I agree that I don't think the manoeuvre was to be sweeping for the puck. I think I don't think you don't sweep for the puck there. I mean Red Ox was already clearly trying to make a play. What I think the intended play was to either get a one, get a one-handed slash to the to the stick or to the glove to try and interrupt play. Um, sorry, I'm, I've got the NHL game on the other screen and the player is just full on wiped out. The uh, New, the New Jersey goalie, um, like full on wiped out. Um, sorry. Yeah, I I think he's gone to I think he's gone for the stick or glove. I think he's gone to try and kind of. You know, he's seen that he's going to make that play and he's going to try and interrupt that play. He knows he's not going to get the puck, but if he gets a tap on a stick or if he gets a, a hit on the glove, he might just force them to mishandle on that play. I think that's what the play is going for. And I, I think it does um, deflect off Red Ox's stick upwards, but I don't think he's, I think he's kind of going sideways with his stick rather than up or down. To me, this isn't careless. <laughs> My my distinction between careless would be a careless play would be you're not thinking about what you're doing and you've just gone ahead with it and it's resulted in, in an injury. A reckless play to me is you know there's an inherent risk, you know there's a chance that there could be an injury result in and there's a danger in what you're doing and you do it anyway. The pace and the force and, and the trajectory behind the manoeuvre with the stick from Ventimoglio to me there's an obvious risk to what he's doing. And particularly, you look at what happened to the Milton Keynes, um, is it Milton Keynes Lightning? Not Lightning. Um, Thunder. That's the one. The Milton Keynes Thunder player last year who took the high stick to the eye and then it was something like after multiple surgeries, his best hope was to be able to see if the light was on or off in a room in that eye. That isn't that unbelievable for a guy who's swinging his stick with one hand. And in this instance, to me, having one hand on it, I know that you highlighted it as it's only one hand on his stick. To me, having one hand on his stick in this instance is worse than having two. Because at least if he's got two hands on his stick, he's got control of his stick. If he's going for the hand and he's gone for a full-on two-handed slash, then that, yeah, that's, a, that's different. But in the force that he's put behind the play... He has no control over his stick whatsoever. He's, yes, his stick ended up deflecting into Red Ox's face. That could have been so much worse. And that was so obviously a potential for what he, from what he was doing. And that's the kind of... 
as I say, I don't necessarily disagree with the game. I think in in a sense of the possibility of what they could have given, particularly with the way that the league's interested more and more and more in stick infractions, I think he can consider himself lucky that the league haven't tried to make it like make an example out of him almost in that sense. I mean, the, the lightest of slashes nowadays gets called as a slash. The lightest of stick lifts or taps on the glove is called as a slash. So in that instance, a one-handed swing of the stick that hits a guy in the face, I think he can be considered lucky that he's not being made an example out of the two or three games. I don't disagree with a game, but I think he could have been more. That, that, that's my take on it, but I certainly don't think it was careless. But we all, we all know I have a, an issue with it being called careless every time. So. <laughs> Never knew that. Well, I mentioned once. <laughs> um, any, anybody, anything else to add on Dops, or are we good to move on from there? Um, we'll make the next one relatively swift. I'll, I'll push through from what I've, I've seen on it, and if anybody's got, got anything to add, we'll just go from there. I think it's more of just a point of note than anything to really discuss. Um, Josh Tetlow has been put on loan from the Nottingham Panthers to Peterborough for, I believe, one game. Is that is that any? Am I missing any information there? I mean, that's the only thing I've I've really seen. One game loan to Peterborough. Is that is that it? Yeah. Fair play. The likes of yeah. I don't know what I make of this six foot seven elite league defender who's actually playing. To my mind, is actually a, a very, very talented defender. One game loan to to the um, to the NAHI is a bit odd. Um, if he's been used as an injury thing, if he's been injured or anything like that, and it's they're kind of using it almost like a player on a two-way deal in the NHL. Sometimes you see those kind of players playing a game in the AHL just to find the feet again. If that's the case, fair enough. Be nice to see more elite league teams being able to use that, like the Steelers have the agreement with the Steel Dogs. You know, you see more and more teams develop that that relationship. But it a, a bit of a nothing move, really, but I just think it was something that probably needed mentioning. Uh, for me, clearly wants some ice time. Uh, I'm a view of it. If it's recovery from injury, <coughs> makes a makes a fair decision. It's, it's a bit wise. It's a good cooperation between the two teams. Um, that assuming that it is down to injury, but yeah. It's um, and also I think he's having probably his best season in the Elite League as well. So no, it's one game and I think Panthers don't play much this weekend, so it's probably why um, he's going down to there. So who knows? But yeah. Yeah, they don't play. In, oh, they play Friday and they play Sunday. They have Saturday off. So then I'll be interested. Please confidence boost. Could, could be could be anything we can only uh, uh, assume, but yeah, he's definitely one of Nottingham's uh, up, up and coming players. Uh, a very very big guy. Uh, don't put much points up, but now it doesn't matter. He's, he's a good stay at home D guy. D man gives a lot of uh, of height and, and presence to a team, uh, and I think he's doing very well, like just ever season. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, well, I don't really have much to say there. If he's been injured, yeah, fair enough. Give him that game time. If not, I mean, at least they're giving him some game time, but obviously not in Nottingham colours. But at least he's getting the ice time there. So that could still help. 
with his development, at least. I mean, it won't be the first time he's actually played around those calibre of players because he, he was playing for Bracknell first. So hopefully it'll give him more confidence. Maybe even could, could come back and then take one of their demon spots for one of the imports. Take one of their guy, one of their spots. Like could help. I mean, especially if he wants to get fit for GB when we play in Switzerland. Yeah, I wouldn't be objected to him playing in Orange. It's not really a spot for him at the moment, but he's. Uh, I I like the play that Tetlow comes out of. I think he's he's a good player, as you say, up and coming player for GB and for Nottingham. Um, yeah, it's nice time fair play. Um, I think he's 17 games minus one currently, so not bad going for a for a young demon. Um, the next thing I'm gonna throw it over to Dave. Um, we all know how much Dave likes his European hockey and his CHL, so we're gonna have a CHL and Conti Cup moment where me, Dave, uh, me, Gref, and Andy are all gonna go out for a drink. Dave, what you want the CHL? <laughs> Okay, we get um, a brew whilst you're at it, guys. Yeah, Thanks. yeah, and jump in the car and bring one around, yeah. Do you know what, please? Uh, right, we'll go for it quickly. Um, in between the last episode, we've had the second leg of the round of 16. So, Munich 6-0 victory over Minsk, give them a 9-2 aggregate win. Diogarden beat Skeletia 4-1, give them a 7-4 aggregate win. Bielbien beats Osberger 2-1 uh, after overtime. Uh, Lausanne... Drew in the game for all, but that gave him an overtime victory against Pilsen. Zug beat Tapara three uh, one. That gave Zug the six four aggregate score. Mountfield must have found the love for the CHL, want to be in the competition, knocking out Manaheim two one on aggregate. Lulia beat Burn four two of the seven two aggregate, and then we're going to Fulunda v Fargistad. Fargisad was 6-3 up in the, after the first game. And then for a London, they decided to turn up and they beat Fargisad uh, eight goals to two um, in an absolute masterclass display uh, from for London. And that's one of the reasons, if, if anybody hasn't seen the highlights, watch it. It's one of the reasons why they've been the champions of Europe for a few times. So the quarterfinals is as follows. Diergarden face Red Bull Munich. Zug face Mountfield. Bielbien have the, the pleasure of Frölunda and Lulia face Lausanne. Uh, and the first leg is Tuesday the 3rd of December. Um, and I believe one of them, I think it's Bielbien, uh, Frölunda is on free sports. So um, so there you go. So then we go to the Conti Cup, the Panthers. Um, they did the business. They, they got enough uh, victories. They got enough points to qualify out their group. And in the Super Final, which is in the second weekend... Uh, of January, uh, they'll face uh, Sondeseka, who qualified from their group, and in the other uh, group, um, Grodno and um, Krakowia. Uh, I can't read me on right there. Qualified out of the the other semi-final group, which just of note, three teams of the four was on five points after the three games. Very tight in the other group. Um, so I think it was in the next week or so that we'll announce who hosts the Super Final. Um, and here's the thing. So last year's Super Final, only Belfast and... I'm going to say... Uh, um, 
Krakowie could qualify for the CHL because the winners of the Conti Cup gets a spot in the CHL. All four teams in the final have played previously in the CHL, so it's up for grabs. Uh, an opportunity again for, for, the, for the Elite League to have two representatives in the CHL next season. I thought they'd already announced where it was. I saw a Panthers fan complaining on Twitter that it was in Grodno, but I don't know if that was just in... I uh, didn't want to go to Grodno. The only thing they've announced is the rankings. Right. And Panthers are higher ranked than the four teams in the final. I think they're, they're trying to say, make, make it crack have because it's easy to get to. Grodno um, will be a bit of a task. Um, and the, the, the funny thing was I was talking to a friend of mine who we went to uh, to Slovakia with and his first response was come back to us when you do a six hour train journey and Greffel testified this from Vienna to Prezov and then find your hotel and then come back to us with a, tr- a tricky um, journey to, to Grodno uh, flight to Minsk train there done dusted um, and in fairness if you get Grodno you know that would be a fantastic trip. It would be an amazing experience. I mean, we was unlucky that we, um, one of our good friends got married uh, last time he was in the Conti Cup Super Finals. We'd have been able to go to Minsk. Um, yeah, we would have gone to Minsk. Yeah, would have, yeah. Um, so, either way, it's... The standard of the Conti Cup has got better. When the Panthers won it, and this is no disrespect to the Panthers winning it, it was a lot easier. The teams weren't as strong calibre. Everyone switched on now. I think obviously the the lure of the CHL means it's worth entering. It, it met, you know, it's worth giving it some serious contemplation. Um, so who knows? I mean, again, it's the fourth year. And if I finish on this stat, it's the fourth year on the trot that the Elite League has re- had representation in the Super Final. The Panthers twice, and the Steelers and the Giants. Pretty good start. I mean, the only other good start on there was me and Joe were 100% that weekend. Yeah, boy. Well, it was about time Griffey turned up on the predictions this season, mate, because, you know, you haven't haven't really so far, have you? I I mean, no one else has, but, you know, if you're going to start bragging about one weekend. That's actually two weekends. I mean, I got more than both years combined. You did not. You got the same as both of us combined. Thank you very much. <laughs> Close enough, but one person against two. For you. Oh, my oh, you look at that, sorry. It appears we've lost connection to Gret. Dandy, what do you think about <laughs> <laughs> She's not gone down yet. <laughs> yeah, no surprise I'm not even win it. I've... I, I, I thought I'd definitely win that group, 100%. Uh, well, what I'm a bit staggered about is uh, Ferran Varos uh, finishing last in the group, which I, I thought I'd definitely finish higher, um, considering you know, they've got a good win against the Panthers in, in the second game. Uh, but then you know, the other teams around them just just, just clicked and then uh, obviously just, just beat them to the second and third spot. Uh, Sonder Iska, I, I, I thought, would have a a better couple of games, uh, especially against Nottingham, but, but the crowds, uh, there wasn't many people there, actually. There was a lot of empty seats in, in that arena, uh, which is very, very disappointing for, for a home team like that, like them. Um, but, yeah, Nottingham definitely, definitely deserved to go for that one. Uh, definitely deserved to go, to go through to the Super Final, and uh, Jake Anderson finishing the 
top scorers with six points in those three games. Uh, which I yeah, since it's been since it's come started again, it's been amazing for them. It's, it's really helped them. Uh, uh, I can see just just doing that again and again this season. When we went to Rungstad, um, and also when we'd gone to Herning years ago, it weren't well attended then. It must be, a, a, you know, they just don't have uh, a taste for the for the, the Conti Cup or the CHL. They just don't bother coming out and watching it, which is a bit disappointing, if I'm honest. Or the Danish beer prizes. And Christmas Tuborg. Oh, no, no. And trying to book Peter K tickets from all you can eat. <laughs> Let's not even go there. Right? That may be worth a Stafford story at one I time. I think it could be, actually, yeah. It could oh. be. Oh. Um, I just looked up. Do you know what we're coming about now? <laughs> I've just looked up. Um, when, when we found out where we could be going for the Connecticut Cup, remember we were Googling all the ice rinks. Yeah. And uh, Minsk had really quite an outstanding, very Soviet-looking, but very out, like outstanding-looking arena, didn't they, if you remember. Um, I've just looked up the um, Ice Sports Palace in Brodno, and to be quite honest with you, it looks like the leisure centre that we play out of in Nottingham when we don't play ball hockey. Look at that. It literally <laughs> looks like a place where I learned to yeah. swim. Um <laughs> Honestly, it looks like a local <laughs> Inside, it looks nice. I've, I follow uh, Gordon on, on Instagram, and inside, it actually doesn't look too bad. Yeah, it looks all right inside, but still, the outside, it makes it look like a local leisure centre. But, hey, yeah, look, to be fair, yeah, I'll give you that. It, it does look it's all like right. like a new for the spectrum, isn't it? No, no, mate, no, 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 mate, no. A lot, it's a bit, a bit higher brow than the, the spectrum. I had not beat the spectrum, so I can't comment. But hey-ho. Um, oh, I'm crossing something out. I've not thought about it yet. So we'll talk about that next. Uh, anybody, anybody got anything else to add on the European hockey side of things? Take that as a note. Um, so I'll throw this over to Dave, because I think it was Dave whose suggestion it was to add this in. It was definitely Dave whose suggestion it was. Um Social media is a topic that generally and often gets an airing on this podcast. Um, and I think it's been warranted again this week. There's been a particular petition against the particular referee and just a load of just rubbish, for want of a better word, all over social media. That's, that's been polite. Um, Dave, I'm going to give it to you because I, I, I don't know what to say. We, we, we do mention it a number of times, and we mention it because, in our humble opinion, the, the hockey fans do tend to, you know, find the, find the, the gumption and just type rubbish. Utter rubbish. And this weekend, I I fell, I, I tweeted it out on my own personal account, it's the worst interaction between fans in the league ever, I felt. It, it, it weren't... I'm all for bants. I'm all for, you know, joking with opposition fans about scores and incidents, etc., etc. But I just felt it was just a constant. Let's just poke the bear in the cage, wait for a response, and boom. The bear broke out the cage and responded. And it just absolute drivel. It's the only words we could use on this podcast. If we ever do a live one, well, I don't think I'll, because it's just absolute... You've got people. If you ever do a live one, I don't think we will. <laughs> You've got people who you know actually do have brain cells, 
who are intelligent, who can articulate, who can argue well. But you put them on Twitter, you put them on, on Facebook, and that's it. Brain cells and everything just goes out the window. Why? We're better than this. As a, as a breed of, of, of humans, we're better than this. Never mind just um, people can use social media. Do you know, because that's the only way I can think of, me, if I'm honest. I, I, it's just, I mean, there was one person in particular who I'll give him credit. I'm not naming him, but he actually apologised for a tweet. And he, had, he, he mentioned about the environment of a certain fan base in, in Belfast. Um, and I just thought, wow, this is the depths we're going to. Fair play, the kid apologised today. Um, but, you know what? Just, it's just rubbish. I, mean, I, I thought that, you know, in Sheffield, we are blessed to have many people who are of that calibre of idiots when it comes to using social media. When I'm, I'm not saying they're idiots as a human. I'm just saying when it comes to social media, the brain cells switch off. But this weekend, particularly between the Cardiff and Belfast fans, the bar was raised tenfold. And I just think, you know, guys and girls, we're better than this. Uh, you know, let's, let's just wise up a bit and, and just be a bit smart. You know, let's have some fun and banter and everything. You know, it's not about being a snowflake out, but just, you know, some of the rubbish that was on this weekend. Nah, go on, in the bin, go away. We're constantly saying, and this is a phrase that we really hate, for use in ball hockey, but I feel like it's a phrase that almost is it's worthwhile saying in this respect is growing the game. And the way that it is the way that the, the sport has progressed in the UK over the last five years because of the, the performances from GB, the performances of teams like Nottingham, Cardiff, Belfast, Sheffield, Glasgow in the CHL. You know, the way that the, the league's... But we've got Liam Reddox playing for a team in the Elite League now. You know, with Aaron Johnson, multiple NHL games. Uh, uh, Martin St-Pierre, a guy who's played for pretty much in every pretty much every top league in the world, has, has been released by a team for not putting in the performances. The, 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 the calibre of import that we're signing at the moment is, is next level. He's, ten years ago, you would never have believed that they'd have been signing. And the level of hockey and the way that we're suddenly looking, starting to be a league that's respected and that's looked at better across the across the other leagues in Europe and, and in North America. And then you go on social media and it's, it's you perfect word, Dave. It's just drivel. It's just crap. And you just look at it and think, what are you actually talking about? For a start, I mean, I hate it when people go on and slug off referees day in, day out. I, I, you know, I've done the odd tweet. There was a game, um, it was Coventry against Steelers a couple of weeks ago, um, when I tweeted something like, you know, this is what happens when a referee loses a game. Because th- that game was just, it was a free-for-all. And, it, I, you know, I had no issues with it. It went back to old-school hockey. But you've got David Brawl skated the length of the ice to, to carry on and to carry on an altercation from a previous game with Lemtigov. He had his, you know, his gloves off, shaking his gloves at Lemtigov. There were about three or four instances in which it was an instigator penalty and nothing was called. And after that, it was just late hits, high hits, high sticks, slashing, everything happened in that game and there was just nothing. But generally speaking, the one thing that I hate is when people generalise the level of officiating. Referees have bad games. Referees make the bad decisions, and to be fair, as long as they call it consistently, which even in that game they did, I don't really have an issue. But the one thing that irritates me is people going, 
oh, the level of officiating in this league's rubbish. Every single game in Sheffield, you have somebody screenshotting the thing from Twitter that says who the referees are going to be. And there's a long list of comments afterwards of people saying, oh, well, that game's lost then. Is there any referee where you're not going to say that? I've never seen anybody go, oh, thank God we've got Darnell tonight. Oh, thank God we've got we've got Perrin tonight. No, it's, it's always any referee possible. He could be turning around and saying we're getting two NHL referees and they'd still complain. I'll throw some in, in what you're saying about that because you, you have this one. I've never seen a referee or a linesman be on the goals or assist column for a team that's caused the team to lose. Never seen Yeah, I've never seen that either. And you, you do game sheets, so, you know. I mean, yeah, referees are human. Referees make mistakes. Um, could they have better investment? Yeah. But that's a different argument for a different day. And I just think I just think fans... It's, it's, it's also this, this flag wave of I have an opinion and I must shout and bear it to the world. You've also, you know, you're right, you've got an opinion, but you've also got the consequence of, of what you say with your opinion use it be wise be smarter I don't think that's much to ask I just think there's a lot of sour grapes and there's a lot of the more and more the leagues progress I mean I'm not I'm not pointing fingers at specific cohorts of fans in any team but I I rarely find myself saying that this kind of I mean you say this comes particularly off the back of the Belfast Cardiff games uh, and the, the tit for tat between their fans on social media, you often, you rarely find yourself saying it about games with Fife or Belfast, uh, Belfast, Glasgow. You know, I, I just, I can't help but think you look at it and you go, it's the Steelers fans, it's the Cardiff fans, it's the Belfast, it's the fans that are used or, or have grown accustomed to seeing their teams win, and all of a sudden your team loses. And that's it. It's just, oh my God, we've lost. It's the referee's fault. Somebody shout about this because the fire door was left open three days before and it was three degrees colder in the arena, which means my goalie couldn't concentrate. Just stop talking rubbish. Just accept the fact that this year, the best point percentage in the league at current is 64%. 64%. When has the when has the highest point percentage in the league ever been that low? Sixty four. I think it's Glasgow. Uh, I think Glasgow sixty four. Steelers and Belfast on sixty two or something like that. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's like low sixty percent. Yeah, you're right. It's ridiculous. You, you accept a loss. Anybody can lose against anybody in this league. And right now. That is a very, very good thing to see in this league. And right now, every single time anything happens, it's turned into a negative. Did we not want an even a, a closer league, a league with a bit of compare, you know, everyone be able to beat everyone? And now we've got that. People don't like it because it's your team losing. Yeah, I know, I know. So I will throw it over to Gref and Andy because me and David talked a lot about this. No, it seems like the level of hockey is getting higher and higher each, each year. But then, hockey on social media is just getting lower and lower each year. It's just getting stupid and stupid each time. Are you mentioned with the referees, especially that like petition that went around? It was like, oh, come on, really? Yeah. How? 
<laughs> just give you a your head a whip. Just give you, like, give you like your head a little shake. Because you you just you just being stupid. You're being like yeah, like a like a pot vinyl doll. <laughs> like that. The Churchill nodding dog. Oh yes. We, oh, it should be all no. You just posting. Well, I think every time they open Twitter nowadays. <laughs> You're posting stuff that you would have probably done when you were like, what, 10 years old on MSN Messenger or something. It's like... Hubbo Hotel. Yeah. Something like that. It's just it's stupid. And then when you get like, someone will post something and they're like, oh yeah, I just posted it just because I want the likes. And you're like, one minute, that's pretty bang out of order to post that in the first place. Yeah, if you've got a group chat with your friends who are a like-minded wavelength, then you post it in there. You don't post it for everyone to see it, from the likes of ourselves to Maureen. Or to, yeah, Maureen from Atticliff, or whoever else we've made up on this podcast. Doris from <laughs> There's too many to go on. And I'm sure there'll be plenty more. Expanding list. <laughs> but I'll throw something rather a freelance thing. You look at the WHF when they give their allocation of events to the international tournaments. And you now see so many, and the list is growing, of British referees getting these games in the men's getting men's seniors juniors women senior, women's senior women's juniors you're seeing British referees in these if they were rubbish if they were as bad as everyone keeps saying time and time and time again they wouldn't get a look at they wouldn't get a sniff Andy Dalton would not have been in Slovakia at the World Championships okay I'll, I'll throw a go they had to have someone from Britain there because every day she has to be represented but one had to be there if, they, if they're that bad, they don't go. Unless fans are now saying, actually, the WHF don't know what they're doing. There is one on the list, to be fair, that I'm baffled is going, but I, I'm not saying names. I'm not going down that line, but you can probably guess who it is, but I, I'm, I'm not going down that line. But I, yeah, I, he just, it does mind in. Andy, I'm, sorry, we'll throw it over to you because you've not said anything on this yet, mate. So, I mean, there's, there's not much else I can really say. I mean, we could talk about social media for an hour every week, but we all know there's been morons out there. We're just going to talk rubbish. And, you know. But there are people out there, you know, you, you've got to acknowledge it. They just have no brain cells at all, and it, it, it's going to keep continuing, unfortunately. So there's just no point, you know, uh, talking more about it because it, it, it's going to keep happening no matter what. You know, I mean, that particular edition uh, for Hogarth was just like, it was just so, so childish. I mean, his position, his position is going out at a minute, uh, trying to get Boris Johnson out of Parliament, but it, it just doesn't work like that way. That way. So how, how do you think a position to move a referee is going to work? Because they both don't work that way. They both don't work that way, and it's, it's just stupid and it's one of those things that's going to keep happening, unfortunately. You know, but... 
This was a paid advertisement by the Conservative Party. Um, Boris Johnson and you. Who's his message? Yeah. That would be a busy one. It would be, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... I think, like I said, you know, hockey fans on social media can do good. We see it all, we see it all the time. Um, and there was a particular fan who posted who had a, tra- a personal tragedy of life and was... You saw the best in social media. You, see, you saw the best in hockey fans. And you're going to have Spectrum. You're going to have, you know, ebbs and flows. I just think, as a collective, let's just wisen up a bit. The bit that does mainly about referees, this is the last thing I'll say about it. And I've said it time and time again, and I'll probably say it until I'm blue in the face. What people seem to just neglect and just ignore... And admit when this when they're going on these big rants. Oh, Hogarth missed something. Let's start a petition about him. Oh, all of a sudden, Darnell's missed something. Let's start a petition about him. Without these guys, we ain't sitting in an arena and watching hockey on a Saturday night. So, you know, I it's, I wouldn't do it. It's it's the, the most thankless job in the world to stand there and make calls against the team and know you're going to be shouted at by some six foot four. Big bloke who could batter your head in if he wanted to. I, I just think it's the most thankless job. These guys have got to, somebody's got to do it in order for the sport to go ahead. And then all of a sudden they miss one thing because they're a human that has to make a decision in a split second on what they're seeing. And it's let's cry blue murder and get them taken off from being referees. It's just stupid. But does anybody have anything else to add on referees and, and social media and petitions and crap or can we move on <laughs> yeah let's go with it um, we'll make this one relatively quickly though um, plays and saves of the week it's become a video obviously already this is the, from the start of this season I think one week week 13 now is it um, and I, I think it, well I, I don't know if it's just off the back of the, the, the plays of the week this week being pretty poor like for want of a better word I personally think, certainly with saves, but probably with plays as well, I think we'd be better off moving to a set of plays and saves of the month rather than of the week. Um, a lot of the time, your first three plays of the week, you look at and go, that's a slap shot from the blue line. That's his deep little goalie and shot. Oh, that's just nothing. Like, you know, I, it just seems a bit daft to me, really. I'd, I'd kind of hybrid the two. I'd, I'd keep the weekly ones, and then have a monthly. Oh, so I won't have like I just have like a good players of the week or good saves of the week, and then have play of the month, save the month, and have the kind of hybrid of the best ones from the previous weeks, um, as a kind of a, you know, they did they literally did the um, vote on the play of the month based on the winners of the play of the week. Um, so I, I'd like I, I think that'd be a better way going forward um, I mean if I'm honest it, it gives a lot more content for the league um, and it's used to you know, share around you know the internet so I think if you merge the two I think you'll get a better so you come to in the month you know what that was a good save that was a good play that was a good goal instead of oh okay uh, it seems like well, either saves of the week or plays of the week. Probably about two, three out of very push. 
that are actually decent. They were ones that just like, really, is that really a play of the week? Scraping the barrel this week. Yeah, it's like, he's, it's poor defending, or it's, yeah, he's just took a shot and he's gone in. It's poor goaltending that. It's not really a play of the week, that. It's just like, eh. but then some weeks he's like, yeah, okay, that was actually a really decent play. So was that, and so was that. That must have been a tough choice to actually say he was one and he was three. I probably would go to monthly because you're probably going to get a lot more better plays. So you'll you'll actually have like at least five top plays where it's not just oh that was just point blank he was at the keeper if he didn't say that then he he would probably have been a bad game it should have been an easy save or something like that I'd probably go with the monthly ones because you'll get a lot more in a month than you would in a week because in a week as we've seen for this week's well last weekend's Play of the week and save of the week. It's just a lot of them. You like really? I did plays of the week. The only one that I thought was decent was the one that was actually number one. Tronchinski. Yeah, that's the only one I thought was actually quite decent. The rest was just like Megatron. There were about three slap shot goals this week, and it was just what we what why. I, no, yeah, I don't know. Andy, what do you reckon? <coughs> Sorry, I, I definitely think monthly, uh, especially with saves a week, because at a time in a week you're only getting three or four, and even one or two of them are, are quite decent, the rest are just not, not really to see here. And same place a week, some just don't deserve to be on there at all. Uh, and sometimes the better ones are actually ranked lower than some of the not so good ones that are ranked higher so I don't understand why it's, a week, why it's just a weekly thing because there's just not enough on there to make it a worthwhile video to watch in my opinion definitely make it monthly more interesting um, and just a better overall sort of, sort of watch you know? yeah I fully agree um, anybody got anything else to add on that or are we good to move on to move on. Um, one thing that I just want to add in before we get to predictions, Adam, we didn't have it on the agenda, but it's only a quick thing. Um, Shane Owen and Stephen Murphy. Uh, Owen ended up playing the game on Sunday against Cardiff and then the game on Wednesday against the Steelers wearing Stephen Murphy's jersey, I believe. Um, something to do with, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, I've read this on Twitter, something to do with the Devil's kit. Man, set up the room on the Saturday in Cardiff, locked the room up, and then the alarms were triggered. And when they came back, Shane Owen's jersey had gone missing. Somebody had come in and nicked his jersey, basically. Um, Murphy and Murphy had to play in net on the Saturday, and then Owen played in net with Murphy's jersey or something like that. I don't know the full gist, but it's just a weird one. I just thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, it's um, yeah, bizarre one. You, you rarely hear shirts going missing after they've been all the rooms have been set up, etc., etc. Um, yeah, 
I'm sure we'll see that shit on uh, eBay at some point soon. The bit that, the bit that confused me, I mean, I, I know the fact that obviously it's an away jersey. They're not going to have an abundance of spares. It's not like they could just send a quick spare off from, from Belfast to meet him in Sheffield so that he's got his own. I mean, it baffles me. And you don't actually thinking about it when you think about like auctions, like Steelers games and things like that, when they auction off every jersey. It baffles me that teams don't have a blood jersey for the goalie. Because you think the amount of times when there's like a rough in front of net, there's players that end up on top of goalies all the time, cross checks, high sticks, things like this. It's so easy, for, realistically, for either the goalie to get cut or for a player to get cut and bleed on the goalie's jersey. It just baffles me that they don't have a blood jersey for a goalie. Obviously, can't wear the blood jersey that they've got because it's a goalie cut is different in terms of how it's cut with the sleeves. But it baffles me that they don't have a goalie cut blood jersey. Yeah, I suspect they may have one too. Hmm. No, I don't know, Griffin and Andy. I don't know what you guys think. If you've got anything to add, say it was only a, it was only a brief mentioning as it obviously had been going on over the last week. Uh, not really much to go on, really. It's something you saw on Twitter and you thought, wait, has this really happened or is this someone making up something? That was, the, that was my, exact, my, my exact thought when I when I saw it. I have no idea why you would steal a random jersey, uh, Shane Owens jersey at least. I mean, even just a jersey of any player. It's like... Why would you do that? Was you drunk or something, or was you? It's just silly. Especially when you could have got caught. Yeah, true. Yeah. Andy, anything? I to thought add? it was against. Sorry. Right. I thought it was against league rules to to wear a different player's jersey without having. Blank or having uh, a patch over it, which I don't understand why they did with the first place. So I could remove it, it just, just, just put it on my pins and remove it once I had his jersey back. Uh, like a lot, a lot of the NHL teams, uh, their jerseys are obviously because theirs are um, uh, the sort of fabric, the um, sort of fabric. I'd have uh, the Sort of patches with players' names and things like this, different players' names. Uh, I, I, I don't understand how the, the cunt source that from somewhere. There's a lot of uh, places, not just Belfast, all, all over the country, that, that, that will do custom patches for, for like a five or a tenner, uh, which I thought they probably would have used. Uh, just like, just like, it's like a temporary cover up of a Murphy's name. So I'm surprised why they did do that and I just kept it with Murphy on the back. Like I said, I thought it was against the grills to have a different player uh, on the back of, of a jersey who is not the actual player. So I know it's very interesting, uh, but obviously with, Mur- with Murphy's shirt being worn by Owen on, on the Sunday, uh, sorry, uh, yes, on the Wednesday, obviously the, the, that meant Andrew Dixon had to be on the bench because Murphy couldn't wear his jersey. Uh, so it is interesting, yeah. Maybe there's an exemption to rule for it being goalies. Uh, I don't know. That's the only thing I could think. Because the, the, the name on the back of the jersey is more important for the player because they've got to do it for stat-taking. Whereas, obviously, 
the goalie, it's obvious who it is because it's the goalie. This is the only thing like a deep. It baffles me that he didn't at least just put a name bar over it. Even just put even just blank yeah, out the name. Yeah, yeah. You used to see it a lot more though. If a new player signed and a player left, you'd see that player in the other player's jersey with a name bar over it until they've got them the jersey. A couple. You're only going back a couple of years, but it used to be seen all the time. But oh yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it, to be fair. If it meant that Shader Wing could play, that they could play the game as, as intended rather than having to suffer for three games because of somebody's stupidity, then you know, I don't think anybody's going to question it to that extent. But it's interesting to it would be interesting to, to know the league rule on that because it's a, you would have thought it would have been a bit of a grey area because you wouldn't have actually thought of any scenario in which a goalie would suddenly spontaneously have no jersey like that. But bizarre. Uh, anything else to add on that one? We're good to move on. As I said, I just thought I'd quickly mention it. Right, so predictions. Um, Friday, we have Glasgow v Nottingham. Uh, in Glasgow, we'll go Andy Greff, Dave, and then me as usual. So, Andy, what do you reckon? Glasgow. You broke up a little bit there, mate. Was that Glasgow? Yeah, yeah, Glasgow. Yeah, I'll go Glasgow. Nottingham. I'm on the fence on this one. It's in Glasgow, so I'm going to go Glasgow. Uh, Then Saturday, we've got Guildford Coventry in Guildford. Coventry. Guildford. Guildford. I'm with Andy on this one, as I say, Coventry. Uh, Sheffield Cardiff in Sheffield. With no Mario Mackey and no Ben Tavoglio. Sheffield. Yeah, with the two suspensions, I'm going to say Sheffield. Sheffield. Usually I'd say Cardiff, but Cardiff, well, one point out of four against Belfast on the weekend and then losing Mario Mackey and Pentevogli. It's got to be Sheffield on this one, I think. Uh, Manchester Dundee in Manchester. Andy's taking his time to think on this one. Sorry, if my internet's shocking again. And, you know, I wonder if it broke out. It's Manchester Dundee in Manchester, mate. Right, OK. Um, Manchester. Perfect. I, said, I wondered if the internet had cut out. <laughs> yeah, Manchester. Manchester. Yeah, full house for Manchester on that one. I keep Gref smiling. Um, and then Fife, Belfast in Kokodi. Ooh. Uh, Belfast. 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 Well, obviously, again, on that one, I'm going to say Belfast. Uh, moving to Sunday, we've got Nottingham Sheffield in Nottingham. Nottingham. I'm going to say Sheffield. So am I. 
I'm going to go Sheffield on this one as well. Dundee Belfast in Dundee. I think Dundee from that off game. Dundee? Yeah, Dundee. Oh. I can say Belfast. Belfast. Belfast to me on that one as well. And then five Guildford in five. Five. Yeah, five. Five. And I say five as well. We've got Coventry, Manchester in Coventry. Coventry. Manchester. Hey. Surprise, surprise. Um, Coventry. So good. Coventry for me as well. Uh, Cardiff, Glasgow in Cardiff. Both players returned as well. Medzaboglio and Mario Mackie both back. They can't. Yeah, Cardiff. Yeah, I think they're going to get their winner selfies back out in Cardiff. Yeah, full house for Cardiff on that one. Uh, the last one, I didn't actually have this written down, but I just realised uh, this game on Wednesday as well. Obviously, because we record on Thursday, we'll go with that. Nottingham, Manchester in Nottingham. Yeah, Nottingham. I'm going to say Manchester. Oh. I'm with you, Dave. I'm going to say Manchester as well. Oh. oh. Tables are turned, Gretherio. It's fine with me. Chris, like, yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, that's it for predictions this week. There's no chance something until. I think it's next week, isn't it, where Challenge Cup starts again? The 11th, yeah. Yeah. So, there are all those games, which leaves us with one remaining thing to discuss, the one thing that everybody's been waiting for, the one thing that we're all wondering if his internet will hold out for, is, of course, Stafford Stories. It won't hold out. I'll keep it short and sweet for that, for that simple reason. Um, okay. Last year, the All-Stars in Sheffield uh, uh, we sat in the BHF changing room uh, all, all four of us and we noticed it's this um, a massive uh, hole in the wall and we're all thinking for ourselves well how, how could that have happened how, how could a hole that size have, have happened we're all trying to work out different scenarios and in the end we came to a conclusion that uh, some one must have uh, picked them up and uh, tried to use them as, as a sledgehammer. So um, we found that Asher was uh, the lightest, was definitely the lightest uh, person in the room. Uh, so there was three of us holding him up, holding him up. He, he was like he was like in a uh, plank position, and we uh, tried tried to get his head as close to the hole as possible, and uh, it was a good fit. So you see from that, that that was how that happened. It was, oh, me, it was me and Dave eating the picture wall. <laughs> I think we might have to find that picture. There's a picture doing the round somewhere of, of that. Me and Dave holding him up against the wall. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely quality. 
That I have to say as well, this is one of the shames that we do this in, in audio rather than video, because the minute that we all realised what you were talking about, everything <laughs> in the red wall started like, laughing like, quietly to that one. Uh, no, that was quality, absolute quality. Just another reason to love the All-Stars. Um, if that if that brings Stafford stories to an end, then I don't, I don't have anything left on my agenda, gents, unless anybody has anything else. No. No? Oh, good. Right, well, that brings us to the end of another episode. I don't think we had any questions, actually. Let me just triple-check, because we have missed a couple from time to time. If you have sent us questions in the past that we've not addressed them, I apologise. It's probably my fault. Um, my, um, Let's just play your fault. It's fine. It's just play your fault. It, it, well, it is my fault. It, it's, um, my phone yeah. doesn't always notify me about... Um, Twitter notifications. So I'm generally better with Facebook than Twitter. Uh, for some reason, it doesn't tell me when the My Fantasy Zamboni page has been mentioned, but uh, who knows. Um, however, in this instance, I can't see any, so we're all good. Um, but if you want to get in touch with us, it's at MSM Podcast on Twitter, it's My Fantasy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Um, but for the time being, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, Dave, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Graf. Thank you, Andy. Thank you to everyone listening. Hope you've enjoyed the the highbrow conversation that we've had tonight. Um, let oh. us know. Is that what just think? started and ended it by calling you sir? Yes, indeed. Indeed. Oh, quite. One was rather impressed. <laughs> Andy, thank you for gracing us with your presence on this on this marvelous <laughs> podcast. Uh, oh, thank you very much, Joe. Uh, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Ref. Thanks for everyone listening, and uh, thank God my Wi-Fi held out. Then I was getting worried. <laughs> It, yeah, it went a couple of times, mate, but we'll go with that. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and Gref, thank you very much. Uh, the Toothless Wonder. Oh, thank you for having me. And thanks to Dave and to Andy's Wi Fi. And, and thank you to BT for staying connected. Staying connected this time around, not asking you to go to their app. Um, <laughs> I, I have to say the other thing as well. Right? When, when, I, when we said about it, it being a shame that we're on video and not, uh, sorry, audio and not video, when Andy said what he said, the other thing that had to be said was Greff's face when we had a full house saying Manchester in predictions. Uh, it was just, it was a picture. It, it, I think I actually saw some teeth in that smile. You could, you could see his heart warm up, couldn't you? Because, yeah, he, he actually visibly started shaking. Um, <laughs> I felt the love for a change. Yeah, but but no, thank you very much for everybody listening. Um, Episode 51 of My Fancy Zamboni. Thank you very much.